Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Luke and the Pete Show. My name is Pete Donaldson. I'm joined by my good friend and compatriot, Mr. Luke Wilmer. How are you doing, ma'am? Hello, I'm very well, thank you very much, as I just casually, but very carefully and quietly removed the lid of my Nalgene, because that's one of Pete Donaldson's biggest bugbears when it comes to making a, a podcast episode. He don't want to hear that Nalgene lid making a noise, but I'm very, very good apart from that. It, it's more that I just don't want to hear a man hydrating. No, We're I know. already so much water, yeah. our bodies are mainly made up of it, we don't need more either Can I just side. say, you were absolutely spot on the other day on the Ramble episode that I listened to, but I wasn't on, where you said, and this is, I mean, look, I'm not saying it's a good or a bad thing, I'm just saying your observation was absolutely spot on. Up until the, probably the late 90s, no one was drinking water. No, it was uh, Sunny Delight... I think Sunny Delight may have been the watershed moment. I thought I think we drank Sunny Delight and we were like, this is too much. We need to <laughs> get back to basics. It's turning our children orange. Um, did that actually happen? Like that kid turned orange, didn't he? Because he had too much Sunny D. There's also, there's always, I mean, that for me feels like one of the textbook um, tabloid go-to stories that people like to churn out every so often. Kid mm. turns a different colour because I've heard that story related to Sunny Delight, carrots and baked beans. <laughs> carrots. I think carrots can do it, but you have to eat a hell of a lot of them. Um, yeah. my, uh, my my problem at the moment physically uh, and, and the way that my body's changed is that I... Um, I had a bad neck on Monday, as you, as you probably know, uh, and I was trying to sort of just calm it down a little bit with a bit of ice. Um, I don't own any ice, or I don't own any... Does anyone own any ice? To... It's very, very most no, contemporary thing, right? Yeah, you, you very much create it, don't you? I didn't really have any ice in the house, but I did. what I did have was um, a packet of frozen Korean mini onions, uh, like little mini <laughs> shallots. Um, so I had that behind my head uh, on the bed uh, yesterday, and did I sort help? of dozed off a bit. It did really help. It really, really, really calmed it down. Uh, I was working from bed mostly yesterday, yeah. um, and the neck uh, got better. But I did wake up, and all of the shallots had melted, uh, meaning that my entire bed and mattress now smells of onions. Yeah, that's not great. Not Were ideal. They're not in the packet. They were in the packet, but you know how it works. It just they they, they leak out. They were just kind of um, they were half open, but they had one of those uh, plastic uh, crocodile clips over the top. Terrible situation. No, it's not great. You know, speaking of the um, water thing, um, I remember my granddad um, a number of years ago went into hospital, sadly, because he had a UTI, a urinary tract infection. Mm. And um, obviously, it can be quite dangerous if you're of a certain age, but he was thankfully mm. fine. And um, I went along to see him, and, and the questionnaire that the doctor gave was just like general stuff about his, his diet, his health. And my mum lives just down the road, so she checks on him every day um, to make sure he's all right and stuff. Because he'd be um, it'd be eighty nine this year, anyway. In the questionnaire, he couldn't remember the last time he drank a glass of water. Right? He, he basically <laughs> it, it, it quickly transpired that the only thing he drank ever was red wine and coffee. Mm. 
And it's like, I, he... I was like, can I have a word with you quickly? Just drink a glass of water every so often. <laughs> Just it's, it's the easiest thing in the world to do. But, but yeah. you're right. I mean, people of that generation and, and probably a lot younger than that, the water wasn't the thing. It was all it was all soft drinks. It was all after a bit. I don't really remember. The only time, I know this sounds pretty shameful, but the only time back in the day I ever remember drinking water was when I was on holiday and I had a hangover. Yeah. Or, because um, it was bottled I, water. And there's something about bottled water because you couldn't drink from the tap when you're in Spain mm, in like the 90s or whatever. Fizzy water was my kind of awakening when it came to uh, delicious delicious water but but again i've got i've got to have something exciting in there i've got to have a little a, a, a hint of peach a hint mm. of i don't know lapsang i, I, I don't know korean onion just, just a little bit of korean onion oh that was is that a, a korean onion idea. in your bottle of water there pete yes it is <laughs> it is yes if you can uh, do it with cucumber you can do it with a tiny little shallot i was i've probably saying the words it's shallot yeah, shallot. Yeah, because because that in America shallot. they say shallot, and it kind of confuses me. Shallot. Yeah, uh, it's a, yeah, it's a little bit like the um, well, those little, little guys in the shells. Uh, uh, it's a little bit like shallot. Uh, yeah. Uh, what are you talking yeah, about, those guys? I don't know. What do, you, what do you call them? They're um, uh, they're uh, they're tiny shell-based creatures. They're little circles, and you have a little eight of them. You open them up. Oh, oysters. Scallops. No, scallops. Scallops. Yeah, scallops in it. You love, is it you love buying scallops and just cooking them? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I get, I go on big scallop kicks. That's for, weird uh, for, for for days and days, and then I'm sick of them. They're so delicious. It's it's um it's it's quite it's kind of American psycho behaviour, though, isn't it? Well, just uh, finding one thing you like and eating it constantly for a week. No, no, I just Not don't think. Really. I just I, I just think if someone if a detective was investigating a murder and he went to someone's house unannounced yeah. and just walked in and the guy was there mm. on his own cooking loads of scallops, they would think we've got our man here. I think it would be worse if it, if they were arranged like the uh, uh, the uh, the chocolate um, for the. Why can't I think this morning? I'm so tired. <laughs> the, the, the 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 reception, the ambassador's reception, the Ferrero, oh, Ferrero Rocher. Rocher. If they were sort of assembled in that kind of Ferrero Rocher kind of concentric uh, pyramid, beautiful. That well, was just, that was just, like amazing. Just scallops. Just scallops, just, just left there. Colourless, colourless, <laughs> unlovable-looking scallops. Beautiful. You just bury I'm your head. It. And when they say we're arresting you on suspicion of the murder of all these people, mm. the end cut scene is just you just burying just your meat. face in a massive pyramid of scallops. Trying to run into them. Well, You'll never I, take uh, me alive, pig. <laughs> drown yourself in drown yourself in scallops. Yeah, exactly. What do you have Wonderful. with them? Um, just scallops. Somebody, you don't eat anything with scallops. They're so delicious. Bit of lemon. Bit of Pepper, pee puree, pee puree, pee puree. Lots of there was there was a big phase in in, in, in gastronomy of serving up scallops with black pudding and pee puree for a while. I remember having it at restaurants. Yeah, pee puree is just a smear, isn't it? It's only ever a smear. You get nothing more than a a little smear. Waste of time. Are you one of those people who um who goes to a really beautiful restaurant and then when someone asks you what it's like, afterwards you say, "Oh, the portions were a bit small." Yeah, the portions were a bit small. Give me some proper food. For God's sake. I had a disgusting vegetable knocky over the weekend. I shall not be uh, having that again. What's the <laughs> point? That is that is the almost the peak of inanity there, Pete. But by the way, on, on the um <laughs> do you remember last week um we talked about um the conservation of lemurs? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. um uh, and it was a bit of a sad story. I mean, because obviously you are famously a huge fan of the primate. And mm, um, I get confused about them sometimes, which ones are which, but yeah, still love them. Hey, you're pretty good on it compared to most people. Well, for the once a doubt, there's a reminder that, you know, <clears throat> lemurs are the ones that you only find in Madagascar. 
most people will identify with the most famous of all the lemurs, which is the ring-tailed lemur. You see those a lot at, um, at zoos. They're like goth, goth little monkeys, basically. Yeah, yeah. They look a bit like Robert Smith from The Cure, and they've got um, <laughs> ringed tails, obviously, hence the name. Anyway, that was a slightly depressing conservation story because it was like, oh, what's going to happen to them? Is there civil unrest in Madagascar? Is it deforestation? Mm. They don't exist anywhere else, the stupid bastards. What are we going to do? Um, and um, so it was a little bit of a bummer, and I felt bad about it because sometimes there are successful conservation stories so I wanted to bring one of those to the table to provide a bit of balance. Uh, mm. Not in a BBC kind of everything's fine, don't worry about it way, just that, you know, it might be nice to have a positive story as well. Anyway, again, so um, this is a bit Alan Partridge, but bear with me. Right. In the 1980s, there was, there was three globally threatened species in the UK, right? And one of those was the red kite. Mm. Um, it got so bad that um, people responsible for that kind of stuff don't know their name, probably, um, I think it might be the International Union for Conservation of Nature. Um, Air boffins. Yeah, the boffins, the bird boffins, the bird <clears> brains. <throat> um, bird brains. Yeah, they brought 13 young red kites over from Spain um, mm. and released them in 1990. Fast forward 30 years, 10,000 of the bastards in the UK now. Come on, that's not a bad result, is it? That's too many, really. That's, like... <laughs> that's out of control. <laughs> So what are you doing this weekend? We're going to go find them. I'm going to shoot some some kite. Look, I'm no mathematician, Pete, but I think that's 10 red kites for every man, woman and child in the UK. Um, Well, you've read that or worked it out somewhere, haven't you? (laughs) You've not not sort of come up with that figure yourself, which is uh, quite exciting. Basically, Pete, there's there's 10,000 red kites in the UK. I'm Mm. going to say it again. That's 10 for every man, woman and child. Right. That's, not, is it? I, oh, Joke. yeah, it's not, is it? Yeah, well, I've, I've, I mean, I've just woken up, to be honest. Have you still got shallots on your shoulder? So, so <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sort of experiencing... I couldn't remember the ambassador's reception earlier on. No. I'm, I'm currently thinking through the uh, uh, the fog of, uh, of of an oniony smell. I just can't get off my clothes on my body or my soul. It's very upsetting. <laughs> it's quite funny, because weren't you talking last, earlier in the week about how you don't really have that many dark moments in your flat anymore? Yeah, no, that that I think because uh, I'm I'm hoping to sort of move fairly soon. I'm uh, I'm just sort of figuring out. Um, I'm just sort of figuring out uh, how. Good I luck can selling make your current place. Dark. Fucking hell, it stinks of onions apparently. <laughs> and there's only swarfiga in the shower. Yeah, I, I used it again this morning. Don't even care. Oh, I am for goodness' sake! I'm unrepentant. It's it, look, it's a cleaning thing that you can use to clean anything. So I'm swarfigering myself. It's fine. I'm going to do a poll on Twitter about free. that. I, th- I feel like people will be more upset about that than you realise. I think one particular account will be very on board. Swafiga. Swafiga UK. <laughs> Don't get a load of Swafiga sent to the office. Well, I've already, my mate, uh, I told you, my mate Gav, he, uh, he got some Swafiga because we were chatting about how good it was uh, when we were on holiday in Japan. And, and he got me a personalised um, jar of Swafiga saying, you know, have a good time. Love Gav. Pete and and, and the and the jar swafig said Pete Donaldson. It was very exciting. I think he's just as bad. Is that, so are you using can I just confirm, mostly for the benefit of our listeners, are you mm. using a personalised monogrammed bottle of Swafiga to use in the shower? I certainly am. Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> this is like Pete Donaldson. I don't think it's ever got any worse than this. <laughs> what does your significant other think about you showering with Swafiga? Um I, I mean I do it on days when I don't see her, so it's fine. <laughs> 
That's, oh, that's, that's, that's a chilling peak, poor tent. Peak time, I call it. Peak time, <laughs> where, I, where I smell of onions and swarfiga. I mean, to be honest, if anything's, anything's going to get the uh, smell of uh, onions out, it's going to be uh, swarfiga. I'll tell you who uh, doesn't smell like swarfiga or uh, um, onions. I reckon it's probably... We've mentioned him before on the podcast. We've probably mentioned him uh, on Monday about him building his own computer. Mr. Henry Cavill slash Cavill slash mm. Cavill. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's been in the news, hasn't he, recently, with his yeah. arms... Yeah, doing the forearms are unbelievable. I mean, and the thing about Henry Cavill, is that how you say it? Cavill, Cav- yeah. Cavill. I think I went for, with Cavill when I interviewed him. Oh, yeah. He, as him. you mentioned to me before, he's from the Channel Line, so it probably is the posh pronunciation, isn't it? <laughs> what was he like when you interviewed him? Absolutely charming. I'd hate him. Get him, throw him in the river. <laughs> was he a nice fella? He was a lovely fella. Of course he's a lovely Look at him. If he was evil, that would give some ugly people like us something to hang our hats on. But no, he's wonderful. He's lovely. He's respectful. He's beautiful. Yeah. He's got everything going for him. He builds his own computers. And he's built his own computer. Although, may I say, uh, your obsession with my obsession with thermal paste uh, is a situation where he didn't actually use his own thermal paste. The, um, the, the, uh, the cooling block that he bought actually came pre-thermal pasted. So he didn't even need to. Didn't even need to faff about with thermal paste. Could he have used Swarfiger instead? I don't know, you know. Um, I would say that it would probably dry out pretty quickly. So, yes, Swarfiga would be on the list of things I would not be using for, uh, for thermal paste. Well, there is and, a, um, it's, it's interesting that Henry Cavill looks as he looks and does the job he does. Yeah. But he's also obviously a bit of a nerd, right? And part of the reason he wanted to be Geralt of Rivia in The Witcher is because he loved the game. And, mm. and isn't it interesting how... Um, this is a bit of a stretch, but bear with me. The kind of fringe geekdom has become like hugely mainstream now. So for example, another example I'll use is that um, comic books obviously used to just be the bastion of, of the kind of, you know, the outsiders and people who were a bit nerdy and all that kind of stuff who weren't really into sport. And now they're obviously massively mainstream. It's the same with music, like Glastonbury Festival. You used to get the piss taken out of you to go to, go to the Glastonbury Festival when you were a kid. I remember, yeah, all, yeah. I remember playing because I was one of the kids who who was a bit of a music nerd and a bit of a, a bit of a geek, I suppose, and a bit um, bit of a uh, grunger, as they used to say back in the day. But I also played for the football team, right? So I had a bit of a, bit of both going on. And all my football team pals used to massively take the piss out of me for going to Glastonbury. So, oh, you're doing yeah, a show for three yeah. days, and now everyone yeah, goes. It's mad. People. Yeah, oh, yeah, it's massive. It's and and also you sort of notice the difference. I sort of mentioned this on WrestleMania recently. Um, you, you notice the difference between Glastonbury's, because obviously Glastonbury didn't happen this year, so they were doing highlights of uh, previous years uh, from back in the day. Um, the difference in the look-at-me kind of mentality of people who go to Glastonbury um, from 10 years ago mm. to now is stark. Because before, you could stand in, in front of the pyramid stage and you could see the act from pretty much everywhere that you were. Now... You can't see sod all because everyone's got big fucking flags. Yeah. Everybody wants to be on the telly. Everybody yeah. wants to make their statement. Oh, look, I've done an Alan Partridge quote. Oh, look, I've written yeah. something about Jeremy Corbyn or, or Boris Johnson. Um, yeah, every and, and, and I think I, I went mental at one point about uh, somebody went to see, uh, they were watching Beyonce. Obviously, Beyonce, one of the most celebrated artists of all time. And apologies if you did see, hear me on wrestling, me screaming about this. But like, you know, top of her game. 
the, the, some of the most incredible pop songs uh, ever written, uh, and you will probably never see her in this form again. She's incredible. She's a, she's a god. And somebody thought, I'm going to go to the pyramid stage while Beyonce does a era-defining performance for the Glastonbury Festival, and I'm going to bring an inflatable banana because mm. that's what people need to see instead of seeing Beyonce, the artist that they paid 300 quid to go and see. Infuriating. Yeah. I, I find the whole thing, like, interesting, chiefly because I remember Glastonbury. I first went up when I think I was 16, possibly just 17, and it was a mm. dangerous place. Like, yeah. It was, it was, like, it was just, but for people yeah. who are a bit younger, we don't necessarily realise. Like, Glastonbury now, as you rightly said, Pete, it attracts artists like Beyonce, and it's much more richer for that, and it costs, and obviously at the same time, it is literally know, richer because it, because it costs 300 <laughs> quid. I remember, I remember going... When I first went, I think it was like 65 quid for a weekend ticket, which was quite a lot of money mm. then, especially for like a 16-year-old. But when you turned up there, right, there was basically no provision for anything. So you got to like this station, train station called Castle Carey, and you had to kind of jump on one of the buses or kind of fa- yeah. find your own way to the, to, the, uh, to the festival itself. When you got there, it was full of like tracksuit bottom wearing um, near-do-wells. You well, most, mostly scousers. Yeah, mostly scousers. Um, it was scousers uh, with knives cutting open tents and. No, no. What I was going to say was they they were they were there. Well, but that's not. I didn't personally witness that, so I can't be unfair. But what I did, witness I did. Was, <laughs> what I did witness, though, Pete, was people like, like most. I think it was mostly scousers, but my ge- my geography of that area is really poor, so I'm not going to necessarily say it was them. But they sounded like scousers, and they would be there with ladders in the little foresty mm. bits, saying, "Oh, for a fiver." You can use our ladder and jump over the fence, right? Oh yeah, there was no wristbands or anything. Yeah. I remember no, being really no. pissed off, thinking, "God, I could have just paid a fiver here." And there were loads yeah. of people who hadn't even bought tickets who were in there. And then the the one thing that annoys me, based on the flag thing you were talking about, is that people will say, "Oh, um, you know, we need the flag because if we lose our friends, it's so massive there that we can't um, find them again." Well, hang on a minute. One, you've got a fucking mobile phone with a spare yeah. battery, right? We didn't have those back in the day. I know I sound like Uncle Albert here, but we didn't have that. And 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 so if you lost your friends at Glastonbury in 1997, you might not see them again for a day. Like you, or, you or longer. Yeah, so, so you know, grow up. <laughs> That's what I would end by saying. Just grow up. It was a dangerous place. Grow and it was better up. for it. It was Much the Badlands. It. it was scary. People were scary. Grown-ups were taking drugs, and you didn't know what drugs were, and people were doing weird things. My friend once told an amazing story that uh, back in like the early 90s, he's obviously a bit older than me, he said that like there was that Glastonbury back that in those days became like its own, almost like it had its own little micro-economy. So if it pissed mm. it down with rain... Like they would yeah. put Wellington boots up to like fifty quid a pair, and because it was so isolated, they had no real <laughs> yes. chance of going to buy more stocks. So they just went. They became these amazing <laughs> commodities. But my friend said, like back in the early nineties, there was an amazing year for weather, and it was so hot; it was like a hundred degrees like every day. And he said, what started happening was these same kind of mini but quite brutal entrepreneurs started um, building, like, like sort of creating little cordons. Uh, with mm. their friends and charging people to sit in the shade. Oh my word! That's so like it would incredible. be like you can either go back to your tent, which is obviously your tent, but there's no you're nowhere near the yeah. band, and you can't watch anything. But if you want to watch, if you're not, if you want to watch a, as an artist on a big stage, which is outdoors, you pay extra to this fucking <laughs> dodgy geezer for it to get in the shade, like a tenner or something. Amazing! <laughs> it's amazing what used to go on. I'm telling you. Oh, I love it. It's like a little uh, little city, isn't it? Fantastic.
Mm. And they'd only buy booze with the, with the proceeds, no doubt. Unbelievable. Yeah, exactly. Um, putting it back into the <laughs> local economy. Exactly, yes, a little micro-economy. Uh, right, uh, we're going to uh, hit an ad break. We'll be back with uh, some emails, if that's all right with you. Lukey, is that all right? Sorry, I was just having some water. Yeah, that's fine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you thought I was going into a break and not going to ask you anything. Uh, yeah, we'll be back in a second. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs, also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Jack Mates Happy Hour is back for a brand new season. It's the podcast where we talk to some of the most exciting people in the world, from Ricky Gervais. In some ways, fame makes you a better person. You know, it's like, I don't believe in God. I don't believe in God's watching me. But I, I know someone with Everyone else is. <laughs> <laughs> to undercover police officers. Can you see the fading scar there, gentlemen? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, yeah. That's where I was stabbed in the neck by a drug dealer once. Or... We just talk about whatever's making us laugh right now. When you think back to school kids' banter, like, it's well funny because of how immature it is. We had this teacher called Mr McGibbon, and he had this big cushion that he was teaching us how to rugby tackle on. He just ran up to it, rugby tackled it, but landed on top of it, and one of the kids shouted, It's not your wife, sir. (laughs) (laughs) That is funny. (laughs) Listen to Jack Mate's Happy Hour on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your pods. Jack Mate's Happy Hour is a Stakhanov production. And we're back. It's the Luke and Pete Show Part 2. Well, we've got 10 minutes left. That, that, that's the main thing. Um, we've got some e- emails to get through. Thank you very much for everyone who've uh, got in touch uh, recently. It's uh, hello at lukeandpeteshow.com. Uh, and you guys have been getting in touch in your droves. So uh, thank you very much for that. Lukey, are you going to kick us off with an email? Yeah, I've got one here from Andrew. It's quite a Ooh. worrying email, really. Um, And speaking of your ailments, Pete, it might fit in quite Mm. nicely. He said, it's from Andrew, says, hello, Luke and Pete. I had a migraine yesterday. Oh, no. That's that's not it. Um, No. It sounds a bit dull, but what it was, what was called a hemiplegic migraine. Have you heard about this, Peter? Oh, plegic sounds like something's going to stop working. Yeah, it's uh, known mm. symptoms of this particular head-based disaster include a combination of vision, sight, and hearing impairments. He says, basically, Jeez. I was minding my own business having a shower and realized as I got out that when I looked in the mirror, I could only actually see half of my face. Um, 
this was a telltale sign for me as I've had these particular migraines in the past few years. Uh, so I know uh, what was, I knew what was coming. Sure enough, my poor vision continued. So I got into bed and closed the curtains. But what followed was the inability to actually properly hear and understand the English language. I was laying what? there trying to listen to Man United v Crystal Palace on Five Live, but genuinely couldn't actually process or understand the words I was hearing. It was literally like listening to another language. And before you asked, no, it wasn't Robbie Savage on the co-commentary. Um, I tried my usual technique of reciting my ABCs in my head. Andrew suffers from this so often. He's got a technique, a usual technique. Yeah. Um, reciting oh. ABCs in my head and found I stumbled a few times throughout, struggling to remember the actual letters and how they sounded. When my wife came home and checked up on me, I couldn't really understand her. And I had to talk very slowly to communicate with her. Even then, it was a struggle to remember certain words. Over the next couple of hours laying there, my vision, hearing, and speaking did begin to gradually improve, and I can confirm I'm as fit as a fiddle today, but I just thought this is the sort of weird little caper you gentlemen would be interested in. I'm a video editor by trade, so I think a combination of stress and screen-based concentration from a busy week was the cause. Have either of you ever experienced anything like this? Cheers, Andrew. Fuck no. <laughs> Jesus Pretty full Christ. on. So it's I've I've a had a little bit much. I've had a, I've had migraines where I get like a little blind spot, and but the only thing I can do is just go to bed. It's like a crushing headache. I remember being on the way to the office back in the day at a job I had a few years ago, and um, I was on the tube on the way in, and I got about halfway, and I was like, Nah, this ain't happening. I had to go straight yeah, home and just go to it. bed. But to be honest, though, I, felt, I went back to bed for like three hours. And um, I felt fine afterwards. It kind of it kind of passes very quickly. But have you never had a migraine, Pete? No, no, I've never had a migraine. I must admit, it's uh, it, it's I'm, I'm so bloody pleased that I've never had uh, anything in that direction because it sounds bloody awful. But the idea of like just completely losing, you know, not being able to understand people. I mean, I'm hoping that the what his wife in question. His wife uh, was uh, understanding, <laughs> like hadn't seen it for the first time because yeah. she'd be really worried, wouldn't she? She'd be like taken to the hospital. Yeah, and yeah. I, I, I think the, the worst, the weird thing about it is it really. I know it sounds a bit odd, but it really does hit home to you the kind of reliability, the reliance on, and the power of the, the brain mm. because yeah. because. You know, if you've got a headache, fine. You've got a headache. Maybe you've got a hangover or you're a bit dehydrated or whatever. So you could just drink a lot of water, pop a paracetamol or whatever, and move on with your life. Like a migraine is completely different to that. And when you start, I mean, I've never had anything as, as severe as Andrew's had, but when you start like getting a blind spot in your vision, you're thinking a bit, you're a bit like, fucking hell, this seems quite serious. I'm not sure this should be happening. You know, when like a headache no. happens, you think, oh, that's fine. It's the headache. But when something happens that you think, I don't know about this, but I'm, I'm I'm fairly certain this shouldn't be going on. It gets a little mm. bit more frightening. Pretty extreme kind of symptoms for something. You're just like, well, did this this never has never happened before. Um, I'm not expecting such severe uh, symptoms for something so simple as a, a migraine. But yeah, they they can be bloody horrible. I've, I, I'm so glad uh, I've never contracted one. I don't really know. And next thing you know, you wake up from your nap because you got a migraine and you're surrounded by little onions. onions. Little onions. Everywhere. I was maybe I was just uh, seeing them. Maybe they didn't actually exist. Yeah, like, like um, have you read um, have you read Slash's autobiography? Uh, no, what's what happened there? It's it's amazing. It's so so good. Even if you mm. think Guns N' Roses are a bit cheesy and a bit shit, I mean, I I, I will fight you against that opinion. But even <laughs> if you do think that's the case, the Slash autobiography is amazing. And there's a one bit yeah. where he's trying to give up drugs, and uh, mm. he's at some weird little, I don't know, like a little chalet somewhere, trying to get away from it all. 
He just wakes mm-hmm. up in the middle of the night and uh, in obviously in some kind of serious withdrawal. And he just sees these weird little beings chasing him around everywhere. And he eventually ends up getting, um, I think he might even end up getting arrested because he's running through a golf course, like naked, trying to get away from these little <laughs> demons that don't exist. It's bad. Oh, God. It's bad. You know, Which drugs do that to you? But substitute right. little demons for onions. And yes. you know, you've got a dance you've and experience. You've got my life. Yeah. You've got my life. Um, <laughs> hello to uh, uh, It's Been, Enthusiast Dave. It's been. Uh, all right, fellas. Uh, I was very pleased to hear Luke's take on Tuesdays being without an identity, as it's a theory I have been pushing on people for some time. If anything, I would go one step further and suggest that Tuesday is actually a fake Monday. You know where you stand mm. with a Monday. It's mm. shit. It doesn't pretend to be anything else. Tuesday, though, it offers nothing. Nobody wins from a Tuesday. Uh, the Omar Nias of, uh, of the week. So, uh, the Omar Nias the of the week. <laughs> yeah. Harsh <laughs> on him. Yeah, a, those, li- a little bit harsh. <laughs> for those of who don't know anything about football, that's a football. That's just a football joke. Uh, it's one of those tedious things that football fans mm. do. Yeah, indeed. Um, yeah, I agree with him. I think he's absolutely spot on. Um, I can't think of a more <laughs> nondescript day than a Tuesday, which is why I'm pleased. Today's a Thursday, Peter. Mm, uh, what about this from um, Ben, who says, um, hi, guys, uh, regarding your discussion of young people having incongruously old names. Do you remember we talked a lot about Keith? Yes. Um, he says, in my, in my in my uh, year at school, the late noughties, we had a guy called Keith, um, which always seemed an unusual, uh, sorry, it seemed an unusual name for a teenager. But what made it even more unusual is that he had two younger brothers, one of whom was called Colin and the other one was called Clive, but they both spelt them with a K. <laughs> like, and, he, and Ben Mortal says, um, yeah, yeah, I always thought that swapping the C for a K was probably a doomed attempt to make them sound less like middle-aged men. But it turned mm. out their names were officially spelt like that and they weren't just spelling it out of choice, like just changing it themselves. I've never come across a family with such unusually old-school yet unconventionally spelled names before or since. Keep up the good work, guys, Ben. And Ben also includes a code to that email saying, please don't use my full name because the family was really fucking hard and I don't want them to beat me up. <laughs> <laughs> Scared of families, like, you know, years and years. But that is uh, a weird one. It's a bit, it's it's a bit Kardashian-esque, isn't it? It is, yes. Yeah, yeah. They've all got quite similar names, haven't they? Very interesting. As uh, as Kanye speaking of that family, is Kanye kind of uh, is he going forward with his presidential bid? I know he said he was out, but then he was in, then he's out. I think we're on shaky ground here, Pete, because um, yeah, and obviously I, I'm not, not qualified well, to to, um, to to quali- to to comment really. But just uh, as, a, as an aside, I think he might be quite unwell. And I think well, a look, lot of people are going to regret indulging this or getting involved said. in this because because mm. I think he is probably a little bit unwell. Money corrupts. Money corrupts. Um, well, Sam I don't, I don't, think, I don't think you can necessarily link money to mental health issues, but... Uh, yeah, know. but I just think nobody's told him. He just Yeah, that's probably it, part um, of it. Yeah. Normal people. Yeah. Um, Sam from Leighton. Hi, Luke and Pete. I'm Sam from Leighton in London. I've just heard your podcast in relation to animal facts. Animal facts. Uh, my quick animal fact is a boxer shrimp knocks its prey unconscious by making a vacuum in its claw and oh, creating I've seen a this. small it's amazing. sonic boom slash explosion. Isn't that incredible? I've seen it too. It's great. Check it out if you can. Yeah. Well, I remember once I remember once being at my mate's house um, when, um, you know, I'm just going to, I mean, it was a long time ago. I was a teenager, you know, mm. uh, to, to paraphrase um, that politician or whatever, I did inhale and right. um, 
we sat around. I told you, my mate had that flat where he would be opposite a kebab house, and we would go around there, just hang yeah, out there, and watch, wait for all the yeah, fights. Watch, right, watch the action. It was, it was that era. It was that era more. Yeah, and um, and we were watching this like nature TV. I know it's a bit stereotypical. We watched like a nature documentary at like one in the morning, and this boxer shrimp was on it. And I promise you, it, it's it's the it's the closest thing a nature documentary has come to change in my life. I mean, it's absolutely <laughs> unbelievable what it can do. It creates this, yeah, as, as the email said, it creates this vacuum. And it and it essentially delivers, for those of you familiar with the work, Street Fighter 2 Guile Sonic Boom, yeah. right? And knocks out all its prey. Mm. It's, I, I mean, if you, if you need any further indication that evolution is a ridiculous thing, an amazing thing, this is it. I mean, it's unreal what they can do. Check it out whenever you get a moment. It's amazing. I completely forgot about that, and it's nice to get a reminder. It's like the um, it's like how you stun a uh, stun a, a cow, uh, and, and every time I, I hear about that, it makes me sad about eating meat. Uh, as we discussed yeah. before. Um, it, but then Sam has gone to say, also the newt brain thing comes from the newt's ability regenerate to to g to, sorry the newt brain thing. Remember we were talking about newt brains? You can squish squish all his brain around and it remembers stuff. Um, yeah. Comes from the newt's ability to regenerate its own brain cells. While this could be theoretically be done, I doubt that it could survive what your listener described. Sam from Leighton. So Sam from Leighton giving no kind of qualifications as to whether he's a doctor or. <laughs> I think it's just the amazing species diversity of Leighton, mate. Yeah, look. He's surrounded Leighton by these knows. things. Leighton knows. Everyone knows about Leighton's beautiful coral reef. <laughs> it's stunning, it really is. Sam, email us back with your qualifications because otherwise we're just parroting crackpots and cranks. Exactly. Crackpots and cranks, that's what we're all about. Mm. Um so we, we've uh, we've rattled to the end of uh, another Luke and Pete show. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, this has been your Thursday dose of the laps. We'll be back on Monday, and it will be a Monday. We've only missed one in our two-and-a-half-year run or something like that. Uh, so uh, have a cracking weekend, whatever you choose to do with it, and do get in touch. Hello at lukeandpeteshow.com. Say goodbye, Luke. Yeah, goodbye. It's goodbye from me as well. And if Pete's shoulder complaint continues, we will get a box of shrimp in there to blast it back into place. <laughs> yes! Or at least just knock the onions off the bed. <laughs> This was a Stakhanov production.